Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Leathering Up and Lactation Podcast. I am Erica Dutley, your host. I am an international board certified lactation consultant, currently in private practice and the owner of Enriched Lactation based out of Northern Indiana. I created this podcast to highlight, amplify, and document the journeys of Black lactation professionals. Today's colleague is Danielle Freeman. Danielle Freeman is a licensed practical nurse, an international board certified lactation consultant, the owner and founder of Milk and Melanin Lactation Services. Services include prenatal breastfeeding classes, virtual consults, and home visits for most of Connecticut. In addition to private practice, she also works at Manchester Memorial Hospital as an IVCLC. Her love for supporting moms and babies was born when she was recruited to become a WIC breastfeeding peer counselor in November 2018 at Yale New Haven Hospital after having breastfed her own children. She has since worked with hundreds of families, helping them to establish and reach their feeding goals. She is extremely passionate about the support she provides and believes in equitable, collaborative care. Danielle is married and has three amazing children who are who were all breastfed. The lack of professional support when nursing her own children was an additional motivating factor for creating Milk and Melanin Lactation Services. She wants to be able to provide the support that she did not receive. Feel free to contact Danielle directly to learn more about the services she offers. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Leveling Up and Lactation podcast. Um, so I always like to start by just having people share with me your route into the lactation space, because generally we kind of stumble into it. It's not something that we think about pursuing in high school, but life kind of directs <laughs> us towards that path. So what was your route? Absolutely. No, that's funny you said that because I'm like, had no idea. <laughs> um, so I started as a WIC breastfeeding peer counselor. And I think that's how you started, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I started as a WIC breastfeeding peer counselor in November 2018. And I it was kind of weird because I didn't even know it existed. And I needed it because I had a one year old and I still struggled with breastfeeding. And I didn't know anything about the program until they wanted to hire me. Wow. And so I was just like, okay, yeah, I may need to get into this because who else did y'all not tell? <laughs> like, right. Like, so um, when it was brought to me and it was really like a God moment because I was with my husband and my mother-in-law at our um, daughter's one year appointment and my you know, supervisor at the time, uh, then came in, uh, I I didn't know she would be my supervisor, but she came in and, and, uh, recruited me for the position. Mm. And so that's how I got into it. And, um, it just, it just took off from there. It literally, I was just like, so interested, um, and wanting to learn more about it because I had my own personal breastfeed, like, about 10 years of personal breastfeeding experience, but had no professional, not like um, breastfeeding classes or anything like no formal education around breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's what really drove it home for me. Cause I'm like, if I struggled, 
um, and I, I continued, who's struggling and, and then stops? Right. <laughs> like, so right. I, I wanted to really, um, and, and then learning about the health disparities, the maternal child health disparities in the Black community really drove it home for me because I was like, oh, women are dying, babies die. I didn't really, like, I understood, but I didn't really know that it was that severe. I was completely detached from this world. Yeah. Um, so. And I think that's super common that we don't really understand the weight of what our jobs can do, even mm-hmm. just as far as like planting the, the seed that people can breastfeed, excuse me. And that is simply in and of itself can change kind of the trajectory of a family's health. Um, Absolutely. Is fantastic, but also sometimes it can be scary <laughs> to me right. personally. It's like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm showing up every single time um, to kind of best provide the best information for this family because it can make a difference in kind of the health um, and, and ability for this parent or this parent to succeed um, with the baby. Right. Absolutely. So, what are some jobs, taking it way back, what are some jobs or roles um, outside of your kind of current lactation field position um, that you kind of started with? I love kind of seeing the timeline of how people ended up in a lactation role. Um, so, I mean, as a teenager, I had a lot of jobs. <laughs> but I think a lot of people did like, okay, we wasn't staying at a job longer than five or six months because mm-hmm. we're on to the next. But um, I really got my start in like healthcare when I went, to, I went to school for medical assistant. I got my associate's degree and then I ended up working at, uh, Bellevue hospital in, in like Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, that's when I first was introduced to like LPNs and, and what they do. So I was like in, kind of intrigued. I said, okay, I, you know, I have my, I have that that basic medical knowledge, I can kind of do LPN and looked into that. Uh, went on to go to school for LPN years later. But uh, while I was uh, going to school for LPN, I was working with autistic adults. So that was the, long- the longest job I've held um, thus far. I was there five years and I loved it, but I got hurt in a car accident. So I couldn't go okay. back, you know, because they get aggressive and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. I was like okay I cannot put my body on the line going in there um and and having facing some of those things so um yeah I I did that for five years and then I was home uh I was out of work for like two and a half years so like life happened with my you know I have older parents and like elderly and so I was taking care of them then I got pregnant and then we had to like move really quickly and uh in moving I'm like okay we're moving to a whole nother state not just like you know going from one apartment to the next in the same city like we're moving right. to a whole nother state but Connecticut um because I'm from the Bronx but Connecticut was really it this is how I started I, I didn't know anything about lactation in the Bronx and mm. where I was born and raised. So uh, just kind of coming into it and, and just uh, my supervisor had helped me previously when I was pumping for my daughter because she had stopped latching at eight months. And so I met with her when I when my daughter was eight months and that's how she remembered me. And so when we came into the one year appointment, she recruited me for the position. So um, 
Yeah, prior to that, I was just, I was working with autistic adults. I started with the children and then I, I went on to work with the adults and that was really my basis. I tried to do that up here too in, in Connecticut, but I was like, no, this is not the same. I can't do <laughs> I can't do this. I, was, I said, I'll give them six months and it, it I, I literally only lasted six weeks. I was like, no, I can't do that. Like, this is not it. Um, it was just a whole different uh, way how they did things. So, you know. But, gotcha. Yeah. And so do you feel like um, there are some tangible skills from, of course, working with autistic adults and caring for your um, your elderly parents that kind of helps you uh, be more um, caring and customer friendly when dealing with these parents? Do you feel like that kind of prepared you for the type of work that you're currently doing? Absolutely. Um, I think the level of patience, like you could see like, OK, if I stayed in that role for five years, mm. like yeah, you, <laughs> you had some kind of patience or, you know, you had to gain something from it. So I think communication skills definitely and communicating with the, with the families of those uh, individuals uh, really, you know, cause you're a part of a team, you have to communicate with, you know, maybe the social worker or the, the um, behavioral therapist. So you're already in that dis- interdisciplinary role. Mm-hmm. Um which I, I thought, you know, I, I definitely highlighted those skills when I was interviewing for the for the uh, WIC uh, peer counseling pro, uh, program. So, um, yeah, some of those and then taking care of my parents is like uh, that's that I think that just having that background and um, my sister was the person that had breastfed. She was the only person I knew that had breastfed when I was growing up because um, she's about 16 years older than me. Mm. And so her, like seeing her do it, it just was like, I guess I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the fact that we didn't have like formal education is what really drove it home for me. Because it was like, well, if she's passing on this uh, information, that's not accurate. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting inaccurate information, but I'm going to follow what she's telling me because I don't know nothing different. Right. right? then it's happening everywhere because the, the bad news spreads faster than the good yep. news. So I'm like, I, yeah, she, she was, she was a great example in that way, but she didn't have accurate information either. So yeah, let's kind of change that. Let's get the whole family involved so that everybody can know how they can support the, the mom or the birthing person in breastfeeding or chest feeding. So um, I think, yeah, just having those backgrounds and serving New Haven, New Haven, uh, Connecticut is like uh, predominantly like African-American, maybe some Spanish and and all of that. So like a lot of low income families in New Haven. Mm-hmm. And I come from that type of background in the Bronx. So I just have that community experience that not like things that's not related to breastfeeding. I have those. Ex- we could have similar experiences because we come from similar backgrounds so that yeah. culturally relevant care it before anything else is like what really kind of just allows that trust factor to flourish you know yeah and I think you made a really good point as far as being able to speak and kind of get the entire family support system unit on in the routine of kind of understanding how this can be beneficial and, and them not 
kind of taking offense to that because right. whether or not they had incorrect information or they simply chose not to breastfeed and not kind of them feeling guilty because they chose not to do so. But that's really important because when we leave that consult, they're left with that support system. So we need to make sure right. that they kind of understand and they feel empowered to support that, um, that birthing parent to kind of achieve their goals. So I think that's super important. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's for, for me, like, I'm like, it doesn't stop with us. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. we, we're not the end all be all like, Oh, cause we're lactation consultants. We're going to just make everything all great. And all of that. No, they're with their families or their partners more than they see us. So exactly. that's, that's, that's even more important than that they're on board or that they understand how breastfeeding can benefit the birth in person, as well as the baby, the family, you know, when she's ready to go back to work, she can actually go to work and not right. be worried about a sick baby or, you know, all the, the, uh, I know my mother-in-law is not pace bottle feeding. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you know, that's a stress. Like, oh gosh, she's going to yeah. be at, you know, eight hours or 10 hours. And I know she's not pace bottle feeding. And now I got to pump more milk because she's going to be overfeeding. You know, yep. like, why should she have to worry about that? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you mentioned that you initially went to WIC at about eight months with your daughter, was that your, your firstborn? Oh no, she's the third. <laughs> got it. So that was the first time you went in and kind of got support. Is that yes, what you yes. Gotcha. Um, so with the two older kids, uh, my son he's seventeen, and then my daughter she's thirteen. Um, I didn't really. I would go to WIC. I'd pick up my WIC checks, and and that was it. There was, you know, they they might have asked me if I wanted to breastfeed, but there was no breastfeeding classes. There was mm-hmm. no support in the hospital. They, once I delivered, they was like, Oh, you're going to breastfeed. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to breastfeed. I breastfed my son, but my daughter had to go to NICU. Uh, mm-hmm. and she stayed there for a week. She, she didn't latch, but then I look back and I'm like, she was wrapped up like a mummy. Like, how was that? How was that feasible? <laughs> you know, how, how, how was that a, a positive situation for breastfeeding? Um, and when we got home, she latched after a mm. week, um, she latched and never looked back. And so I went on to breastfeed the two older kids for four years each, eight, mm-hmm. eight years straight. Cause they're four years apart. <laughs> so let's not, let's not forget that Ooh, eight years of like my, all my twenties was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Just take, take my whole life. <laughs> um, and no, but it was, it was, it was challenging with my son because he's the first and the the pain. Oh, I could just remember the pain. It was just like, oh, take my nipples off because I don't even want them anymore. Yeah. Um, And it was from poor latch, not knowing how to do it the right way. And my sister said, it's going to hurt, but then it'll get better. And mm-hmm. it hurt like hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then it got better. So I'm just thinking that's normal. Like, oh, it's supposed to hurt. And then, you know, as the baby continues to feed, it'll be fine. Um, and then I didn't have no issues with my daughter because I was, st- I was, I had just stopped breastfeeding mm. my son. So I didn't have no like pain or anything. Uh, and then with the last one, so she came nine years later. Now it's like Wick has turned it around and they're like, yeah, they're trying to promote breastfeeding and all that stuff, but people are still slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was one of those people. So, um, yeah, so I did take a breastfeeding class when I was pregnant with the last one. Okay. But I don't really, re- I don't remember any of it. And 
I just know that I was the only one that wasn't a first time mom. And so mm. they were looking at me like, hey, does it hurt? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm continuing passing on this horrible, a bad information because this yeah. is the only thing I know and they was like no it's not supposed to hurt and whatever but I don't even remember them showing us how to position the baby correctly um the way we would do it up here mm-hmm. and so then when I came up here I came up here nine months pregnant and transferred WIC offices so when I went to WIC nobody mentioned the WIC breastfeeding peer counseling program um, when I had, when I delivered in the hospital, uh, nobody mentioned the peer counseling program again. Mm. So, and after I had her and I went back to it, nobody said anything. So I didn't know anything about it. And I definitely would have like wanted it because I was having pain again. Yeah. So, you know, like even with having two other kids and breastfeeding, you know, what I would consider successfully for that amount of time. I was winging it. And so you end up with the same issues all over again when you have another kid because you was winging it the whole time and not knowing how to really, you know, you know, I didn't, I wasn't based bottle feeding. She was taking bottles and breasts and then eventually Mm -hmm. she stopped latching. So I'm like, I don't pump. That's not my thing. I take my hat off to every woman out there who who exclusively <laughs> pumps, but that's not my thing. Like I can't do that exclusively, and I had to do it for three months, and I was damn near uh-huh. depressed. Like, and so, um, yeah, I didn't have like it. It it wasn't until she was eight months, and that's when I met my supervisor, who I didn't know would be my supervisor, um, but. You know, I met her and she helped me with, she was like, don't turn the pump all the way up. I was turning it all the way up. I had the Modella. I would crank it all the way up. I'm like, where's the milk? (laughs) 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 I was so stressed out. I was like, okay, you know, this is for the birds because I cannot. (laughs) um, But yeah, so that, that was my first time getting like real, like have, we had about a 30, 40 minute conversation on pumping and how to maximize it and and just you know all of that so that's what allowed me to continue um but I needed her at eight days or yeah eight hours whatever <laughs> like eight months pregnant rather like <laughs> you know right. so it's just it was kind of like you know okay now I know so if I have one more Oh, I want, you better pull all the stops because I want right. the works, you know. I want my own life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Exactly. Okay, so November 2018, you become a WIC PC. And with you having that experience of not knowing that it was a thing, um, did you kind of go in, hitting the ground running, trying to make sure and spread the word that to know that this is a thing? Oh, yes. Yes. So. <laughs> When I got into it, I'm like, whatever meetings, whatever um, conferences, sign me up. I'm down. I want to meet people. Um, And especially like here in Connecticut, because, you know, so uh, I started, oh, at seven months, seven months in, I became a CLC. And so I was. I was not playing like, and I'm, I, my, 
natural personality prior to lactation is just I'm just a go-getter like that's Mm -hmm. just me I I have this drive and when I set my mind to something you can't stop me (laughs) and when you tell me I can't do it I'm gonna I'm gonna go even harder yeah um so I I asked my supervisor I said you know they have the CLC it was it was like you know a free thing they was giving it away for free for Mm -hmm. 50 people um you had to be you had to be BIPOC um, or low income or whatever. And uh, I took it at the local community college and they said, OK, it's a week long thing. At the end, you take the test, blah, blah, blah. So now it's different because of COVID. Um, right. So I got the 45 hours. But I asked her, like, do you think I should do it? Um, I know I've only been here seven months, you know, but I would really like to do it because I want to learn more about breastfeeding. Um, she was like, no, we usually wait about a year or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you heard that too? (laughs) Yep. That was the same at our WIC office. Yep. Yeah. So I said, I said, okay. So then I went to the person that, you know, is like, she runs like the state WIC offices or whatever. And I was like, uh, I would really like to do this. And she was like, okay, well, here's how you sign up and whatever. And I signed up and they chose me and I went ahead and I did it and I got an 85 and I was shocked. (laughs) <laughs> I was shocked. I was expecting like a 70. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, 85. Okay. I'll take that. So I went in knowing that it wasn't going to increase my pay. And that was something that she, she mentioned. And I was like, yeah. okay, but what can I do with it? What can it do for me or whatever? Nobody again, see, this is where it's like, it almost leads me to believe like it's a race thing, but mm-hmm. I ain't going to go there. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, you know, so I'm like, okay, so what 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 does this certificate mean for me? Right? Nobody said, oh, this means that if you wanted to go on and become a lactation consultant, now you have half the hours that mm-hmm. you need, right? Nobody said that. So now time goes on. So it's about June 2019. I get the CLC, then I continue on. So about the next year, around summer 2020, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm thinking I want to become a lactation consultant. I'm thinking I want to do this. I had I had been to the WIC uh, conference. I had uh, with Kimberly Allers Seals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yep. Seals Allers. I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, another La Leche League. She also presented there as well. And then the CBC conference, which is the Connecticut Breastfeeding Coalition, um, where uh, the uh, a lactation consultant here in Connecticut. Her name is Lori. She had presented about getting credentialed with. Um, Aetna and being in private practice and that was like oh. mm. <laughs> because I was like oh you can be in private practice like I only thought that you could work in a hospital I didn't know that you could be a private practice IBCLC or whatever yeah. the is. and so I was like really intrigued listening to her I started asking her questions after the presentation um and now we're like buddies. We're on a grant together. And it's so it. crazy how, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow. And so, um, you know, but I, I was really intrigued with just like all the different variations that we can kind of get into, um, you know, being being a lactation consultant. I had no idea of the vastness of it. So, yeah, that's that was, it was a lot. It was like, I went in, I just hit the ground running and they, no one expected me to get to this point. 
Yeah. Because a lot of the uh, a lot of the peer counselors, um, and it doesn't matter who they are, like or what background they their you know, whatever their background is, a lot of them stay in that role for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm like, I already had that mentality. Like I'm getting a little old. I'm getting a little old. I'm older than the ones that I'm working with for sure yep. like by eight, <laughs> ten years. So. I, I don't think, and you know, I kind of feel like after a while, you just gotta, you gotta move on and give that space to someone else and let them come in and make their, and, and kind of get their pathway going, Yeah, you know, because like you, we gotta make space. It's t- it, at some point you gotta elevate and you gotta move on because you're not, it's not just about you. You gotta make space for the next few women or people coming in behind you. Um, And so now uh, one of the, one of the the doulas that I'm working with here in in my in my city, she's actually she just started as a peer counselor working with my supervisor. So I'm like so happy for her, and I'm like, yo, it's an easy pathway. Yeah, like straight shot, and you good. You don't have to worry about mentorship or anything. And so I'm I'm working I'm working on that. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's like so many things and. It's just, it's a lot. It, and it's just like, thank you, Lord, because he literally handed this to me. I had no clue about lactation. Like when people say like, how did you, how'd you, how'd you find, you know, your thing? It found me. It came, yeah. it bust down my door. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like, I was literally about to cry. I had, I would always drive past the hospital. I loved working in hospitals and I was like, I got to get into Yale. I have to. And and I said, I don't know what I would be doing, but it has to be something part-time. I would take it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it was part-time, 27 hours, four days a week. I'm like, you can't beat that. 10 minutes away from the house. like. Wow. <laughs> so it was just like a godsend. But after a while, you have to grow and, and keep going. And I'm just such a, a, motivation, a motiv- motivating individual. I just can't sit and just be in one spot for too long. I got to shift and make moves. And I'm trying to be an example for my children and show them like, you know, yeah, you want to work hard, but you also want to make it like where you don't have to kill yourself. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? To, to do the most like, so yeah. Yeah. Like my dad always used to tell us growing up, work smarter and not harder. And that exactly. really didn't like click for me right. until maybe my thirties. And then mm-hmm. my body responded and said, you need to figure out how to work smarter mm-hmm. and not harder. Mm-hmm. And so that's where really lactation came in. And it was like this godsend where I love that it's so flexible where you can do telehealth, you can do home visits, you can do speaking engagements, you can do look at that. so yes. many different trainings. Things. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so many opportunities. So I think that's really alluring. And I think that a lot of people like all of us, we assume that a lactation consultant look one way, right? Right, right. M- middle-aged white, white woman, woman in right, a hospital. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And she's going to come with her clogs and she's going to be like, hello, you got <laughs> are it. you breastfeeding? Exactly. <laughs> and are you breastfeeding my way? Not, mm-hmm. you know, what is your feeding style? What is your ideal vision? Yeah. But you need to fit within this rubric that this book tells me is correct. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so great that you, you ha- have been able to be on the outside, if you will, kind of mm-hmm. not knowing that this type of field or support existed to really insulating yourself 
with the support and then extending that and kind of reaching to the side and kind of showing a pathway to those behind you. Because I think that really is an issue that with pathway one, most of us, that's really the only pathway that we can fit in logistically if we're trying to get through kind of this IBCLC program right. without it taking five, seven years. Right, right. right. But as a result, these peer counselor opportunities can be far few and in between because like you said, um, for lack of a better word, people will squat in these positions for five, seven years. Yeah, no, you cannot do that. (laughs) You can't. Like the like the um the peers most of the peers in Connecticut have been in the role for five to seven years. Yep. like extended, some of them even longer. And I'm like you know, you don't have the, you don't have, you don't want to do more. Like, yeah, because you, you are worth more than this. And it's not to downplay the role. It's exactly. a stepping stone. Yeah. It should be used as that. It should be used as like, if let's say in terms of housing, like if you get section eight, that mm-hmm. should be a stepping stone. Yep. You save your money so that you can get your house or you can, you know, you can level up at some point. You shouldn't just want to stay there and hoard, hold on to that and say, no, no, like, exactly. no, I'm going I'm to I'm run this to the wheels, fall off. Like, you no, because that's being selfish ultimately. And, and you're hindering yourself, but you're being selfish. And, and now other people can't even come in and do what they need to do if they were looking for a peer counseling position. It's not available because you're sitting there. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Just getting so, all the knowledge, learning all the things, and you know, and now you now your brain has really surpassed uh, right. a peer counselor, and right? Because now, you're now no you're longer a peer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just like no, you gotta want more. You gotta yeah. want more, and the people that want more can't get in there because you you sitting there taking up all right. the space. <laughs> and it's something where if you're there for five or seven years, <laughs> and maybe you you plan to move forward and have more, but something happened, maybe you realize that this isn't the field that you want to be in long-term, that's okay. Right. You know, just pivot. Yeah. Pivot so yeah. that you're not kind of taking up space and exactly. preventing other people from progressing in a direction that they have to get through you in order to kind of get to their goal. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a real pain point with that path one, pathway one right. is because uh, there is no um, tenure, if you will, um, that people can just stay there. There's no kind of time limit in which, and maybe some of the peer counselors, maybe they should explain it that way, that this is a pathway that people use to become an IBCLC. And maybe that would prompt people to say, you know what, let me kind of step aside to let people in. Now, right. Maybe they won't. Right, right, right. <laughs> but maybe there would be some people that are like, you know what, I don't either need this job or, you know, I'm going to pivot somewhere else to kind of open up an opportunity because it usually is, you know, black, brown participants that are trying to mm-hmm. get to become Take an IBCLC. And that's the barrier. And notoriously right. with WIC, it, you, you're taking a pay cut if you go to start working. At Listen, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you. And that was another thing for me. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. Like, I don't want to just make less like $20 an hour. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. like I'm gaining knowledge. I'm taking courses. I'm getting all these continuing education hours and stuff. I'm learning more. As the day goes on, what, what, what did Fat Joe say? Yesterday's price. It's not today's price. <laughs> not today's price. So, 
we could tell that to our clients or just to the you know people in general but it's it's we gonna say that to wick or to the hospital or to whoever like no i'm worth more than that and you know i was just like it's it's like for black people we have struggles for so long like if there's an opportunity for us to to do more and to make more um and and we're trying to jump on that we're gonna jump on that like we're gonna take it and we're not gonna just be like oh yeah okay you know and you know i i even work in the hospital now per diem and it took a minute for me to even be privy to the idea of working in the hospital because i'm like for the amount that i'm working here Mm-hmm. I could be making more yeah. <laughs> in my practice. But then I had to look at it as a learning opportunity. Like now I have hospital experience. Mm-hmm. I'll have, um, I can see what they do in those first, you know, 18 to 36 hours. Um, I can, I can have a different lens and, um, and learn more. But I'm going to maximize it because I need to, I'm going to work on the weekends because it's more pay. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I'm, I'm going to give you a couple weekends out the month and, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to maximize what I can do because I have, like, like your father said, work smarter, not harder. So I'm not going to kill myself during the week. I'm going to work them week, a couple weekends out the yeah. month and make do and, and be like, okay, this is good. I'm getting my experience and I've made you know, some a hundred, uh, a few hundred dollars for the day, like, yep. and just keep it moving. But um, it took me a minute to even want to do that because I was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's all y'all yeah. giving. <laughs> like, like, but, you know, th- that's another barrier. Like, this particular hospital, none of their uh, IBCLCs are registered nurses. Mm. But at Yale and other hospitals that you know their whole network or most of them they require you to be rn bsn whatever and and that's a huge barrier because some people are not coming from nursing backgrounds right you know so why does that have to be tacked on there especially if they're not doing any like nursing duties specific to that patient that patient still has her own nurse mm-hmm and and you're only there for lactation, but you have to be a registered nurse. Yeah, it's because they want to be able to pay you for one job, but have you do two. Have you do two, right. And yeah, so I just, you know, I just really, the system is just really crazy and corrupt. But, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, move and shake and, and be as resilient as we always have been. <laughs> yeah. And and find our way so and i think that's a good point is that when we come in to do something it's about strategy we don't mm-hmm. have time to just kind of sit and fill things out and see right. if it's gonna we're coming in with a plan this is a timeline i'm gonna try to maximize and be strategic to work these oh. days and not that and work right. in this position compared to the other and weigh those pros and cons because you're right i mean we're, we're kind of we, we got a late start, right? right. So oh, we, yeah, we, we got a late start, to, for sure. We got to make up some ground any way yeah. we possibly can and get to the money as quick as possible because right. we don't have any time to kind of just kind of lay around for a few years. For me at WIC, I think my starting pay was, let me see if I can remember because I know it was a pay cut. I think I was maybe at like 1150 
Really? Are you kidding me? And so I had to make that strategic play and, you know, speak with my partner and say, listen, give me two years. I know it's a pay cut, but I know that on the other side of this, I know what I can do. Right. But I need to take, this is the only strategy for me to get to this pathway. So yeah, it was a really strategic thing to know that this income was going to be reduced but it would allow me to get these hours quicker. And so it was really, you know, people ask me about getting it done in two years. It was make or break. It was no, right. <laughs> yeah. was no wiggle That's room why I'm <laughs> telling you when I really like, I, cause you know, I follow folks and I watch and I, and I peep and stuff. And when I, you know, when I, when I seen that you was obviously OC after two, I'm like, wait a second. She wasn't playing. Yeah. And she was a peer counselor. <laughs> like I'm telling you, like, you, you may not know, but people are watching you and they're not watching you in a negative way because all you bring off is positive energy. So when I seen it, I was like, yo, I could do that. I could yeah. do I could do that. So I didn't come in necessarily with the plan because I didn't know what, what I could expect. do. Right. Yeah. Um, but once I knew. Uh, and so that was like less than two years later. Once I mm-hmm. knew, like, okay, I can be a lactation consultant, and then I and then I started looking into the requirements. So, like I said, I went to school for LPN. I graduated in 2015. I didn't start the WIC job until 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now 2020. I, so I took the test in 2016. I failed because I wasn't properly prepared. And then I said no. The same way, so now you said you talked to your partner and he, you said, give me two years or whatever. I told I told my husband, I said, listen, I want to be a lactation consultant. I know I can do it. And, you know, I'm ready to move on because there's yeah. no growth in WIC. Like, you know, unless you're going to be the lactation consultant running the program. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that because it's too much stress. You know, Ooh, New yes. is very, is high volume. Same. And, Yeah. And so I just can't. I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. And I knew that my supervisor, she's probably going to be retiring like next year or something like that. And and they brought it up to me. Oh, you might want to take over her role and whatever. And I was like, maybe not. (laughs) Man, we had such a same experience because that was literally when I was exiting. And they were like, are you sure you don't want to hang around for another? Nope. I've no. seen the inside of what this this yes. job can do. No yeah, thank you. <laughs> and we'll have you feeling like, okay, there's no way out. There's no end in sight, and all these reports and all this stuff. Yeah. It's just like I can't, I can't deal with that. So I was just like, no, thank you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do my, do my thing. Um, and so the LPN, it was either take them 14 sciences or get that license. Yeah. Right. Get the LPN license. So uh, September 2020, I signed up with Kaplan and I said, I got three months to study and I'm going to take this exam January 5th. I scheduled my exam and I ended up winning a scholarship, the Connecticut Breastfeeding Coalition. They had us a $500 scholarship. Yeah. So I mapped out what I was going to do with it. I take 200, pay for the LPN exam and the other 300 will go towards books for my lactation. Um. So did that. They, I got the scholarship. I was the only one that used the money. Um, wow. And it was six of us. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, um, I, I I did that. I took the test. And when, so with the LPN, it has, it's 205 questions. Mm. After 85 questions, if you've gotten 70% correct, it will stop. Wow. Right? So, you, yeah. have to answer, you have to answer at least 85. 
and MBS 70 70 for it to stop. It stopped at 135. It just it just cut off. I was like, oh, I almost died. Like I almost wow. just died because I knew I passed. And so, like I was like, Lord, you are working this thing now. Honest to God, I believe like me wanting to be an LPM was just out of like you know I gotta survive. I gotta take care of my mm-hmm. kids. I was a single mother prior to getting married. I'm single mother for 11 years. And so the LPN role looked like stability for my children, right? So, but that's not what God had for me. No, that's why I failed that test. That's why I couldn't study. That's why I couldn't focus and whatever. Mm -hmm. Because if I would have stayed, if I would have stayed in New York and I would have passed that LPN exam, I would have been an LPN in New York. They would have hired me like like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would never have stumbled into lactation. It would have never, yeah. it would have never came, you know, I don't even, I don't believe that I would have ever came into that space. Um, so, you know, me passing the LPN exam means it doesn't mean me actually utilizing that credential because yeah. I'm licensed in New York and I cannot use it here because I need more clinical hours mm. and literally like why they added an extra 110 hours to it. So I need to- <laughs> God was like, let me make sure you right. have let me make sure you ain't trying to go to New York and get them hours. Like they added an extra 110. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, I get it. I'm I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna be yeah. obedient. I understand. Um, and so he was like, I'm gonna make sure you don't try it. Cause look, keep yeah. trying, keep trying, keep trying to think that I'm not gonna help you out and make sure you good. Like, so um I took the exam I I I checked it like two you could check it like two days later unofficial for the unofficial results Mm -hmm. I passed it um and then they send you the certificate in a couple of weeks so that was done I took a couple of weeks off and then started preparing to to study for the lactation exam and took the lactation exam May 4th so four months apart wow no joke like 2021 (laughs) was a hell of a year for me because yeah. it was like and then I had started my business my practice March 15th so I'm coming up on a full year right now in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks um so in between both tests I started my business and I had brought it up to my manager like hey you know I was thinking about private practice or whatever she was like yeah definitely in a you know in a few years yeah Man, and I was like, projecting that, that timeline. No, they wasn't. So that just motivated me even more. I was like, what you mean in a couple of years? Like, that's not, I, and I wasn't doing it to like, see what she's going to say. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, I know what I want to do and you're not living my life. Right. You over there making your hundred K mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get there and I ain't getting me at working at Wick. Exactly. You know, so, um, so yeah, I I think just because people haven't moved and shifted and and pivoted the way I did, they didn't expect me to do it. They wasn't expecting that from maybe a black woman or yep. a peer counselor or you know, because people are just sitting on sitting in a role and I'm just like so and even like my coworkers, I love them to death. Like those are my sisters and I'm like um Y'all, what what are we? What are y'all doing? What's the plan? Y'all, yeah, because y'all got kids and y'all deserve more. Yeah. Y'all got more experience in this field than I do. 
why are y'all still here? <laughs> like, and yeah. so I'm like, well, then come and work for me. Because if you don't... <laughs> right. Like, like, get your IBCLC and come and work for me. Because I need some Spanish-speaking people. I need to hit everybody. We need to hit all the minority groups because they don't have the access to the care. They are lacking the access to the care. And, and they don't even know that it's available. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's a couple things you mentioned that I had noted here was that people understanding or feeling as though they deserve more. Right. If you don't feel like you deserve more, then you're not going to yeah. make any type of strides to get more. Right. The right. other thing is, like you mentioned, uh, it was the same situation for me. I don't know if by me just kind of working my two years and seeing kind of how quickly and how much effort and energy I put into progressing that that kind of lit a spark under other people in the office right and again i'm not taking you know yeah, um, yeah. anything away from them but it seemed to be this catalyst and this shift for now people now they and see. varying roles that had been there for years within six months of me leaving wick have either left to pursue private practice or to do something else that they have been wanting to do go to grad school or different things like that mm-hmm. and it's like you know sometimes you just have to be that example right to help you know, God moved through you to show other people that they can do it too. Right. It's not too late. You exactly. know, you mentioned you're getting close to, to 40. I'm getting close to 37. And it really, you know, I didn't learn about lactation until after 30. And I was still kind of fumbling around working customer service jobs mm-hmm. and no clue what I was supposed to be doing. But I knew it was something important. I didn't know what, but I just kept praying since like being a teenager, like I know I'm here to do something special. Right. I don't know what, I don't know what capacity, but if you reveal this to me, I'm going to hit the ground running. Oh yeah. And that's literally what happened. And doors, I mean, just kept opening. It's like, you know, if you're going down a one-way street and you have red lights, when you hit that first green light, they keep going. If as long as you keep driving, that's right. literally how that path just kind of cleared. Yeah. And even even the same thing, like how you said people at at your job or your old job are moving and shaking. Now it's like um, like one of my coworkers, we just had a a, a kid's birthday party that we I was like, you want to ride with me? Because it was like, I will ride and I ain't want to ride by myself. <laughs> and so I'm like, come on, ride with me. And so, you know, there and back, we're just talking and she's kind of, you know, just letting me know how what things are you know, how things have been going and stuff. And I was like, yo, you got to do it. Like you can do it. You got more than enough hours. She's already like working towards her, her RN. So the science is there, like you're good. And um, so, yeah, I'm like, no, just, you know, that you're worth more than this. Like you've been there all this time and you can't get more than what you're getting. You can't, they're not going to give it to you. You get a dollar raise. Like, think about it. A dollar raise. A year, a dollar raise. What are we supposed to do with that? With these gas prices? Right. Like, what are we supposed (laughs) to do with that? And if you're starting, like I started at 16, um, 16 and some change an hour and ended at like 1797. Yeah. Like, you just think like, okay, this is all I'm going to get. Like, yeah. this is it. Like, I ain't even, I ain't even hit the $20 mark. And yeah. so I'm just like, no, I'm, I, I deserve more. And I'm in a, sp- a different headspace and learning the business aspect of lactation or just the business, general business aspect and how to, 
you know, build business credit and how to, yeah, um, yeah, you know, all that stuff is important because when I'm talking to these doulas and stuff, I'm like, do you got your Dunn's number? They're like, what's that? Right. <laughs> and you I'm got like, your oh, liability you... insurance? Yeah, like... do you have your liability insurance? Do you have your, you know, how you, you know, um, what medical record uh, system are you using? Like, that type of stuff. Like, I want to make sure your stuff is in order because I wouldn't want to see nothing happen to you. Right. Um, and And just because I know it, it doesn't mean I'm not going to share it. I'm going, I want to know that you got everything set up so that you can run your business efficiently. Like, right. You know, so, you know, it just like, as, as I learn, I want other people, I want to be able to teach other people and I'm not holding back on, on nothing. Like I just got a, I just got a grant for 10 K for, um, I was just like, listen, I was like, what? At first, they was talking about like you know, oh, you gotta submit uh, monthly invoices or whatever to be paid, yeah. and then afterwards, the manager must have was like, no, that's gonna be too much, so just give it a lump sum. And wow. um, so, you know, even with that, like I had to write a proposal. I never wrote a proposal before. Yeah. So I I I I used the resource that I had, and then Google, of course. And I just created this document and I shared it with some doulas and I'm like, go get y'all money, mm-hmm. go get that money so that y'all can serve these women <laughs> because it's yeah. available. And I'm just going to share the document and not, I'm like, tweak it how you need to, because they're doulas, they do different things, but um, name your price. And if you could serve 20 families or whatever, and then, you know, it's for y'all, y'all can each get five moms or however, you know, like, just work together because I'm all about you know black people sticking together we have been divided for so long right like we got to stick together we can't we can't be like we can't have that barrel of crab mentality you know what I mean so yeah I'm like just you know I'll just share it because I'm like yo here's a template that you can use and you can go out there and make you have your proposal and when they ask you for it you already got it you ain't got to finagre. You ain't got to try to figure out how you're gonna get it and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not for the trying to keep things secret and let mm-hmm. me just do it by myself. I'm even trying to like build a <laughs> uh, um, a collective um, of of black and brown uh, birthing professionals so that we can get funding and service the community, you know, at large. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on a few things, but I love it. And with yeah. that in mind, you just recently passed your board. So I mean, all of these yes. things that you've been talking about, we're talking yes. about those results came in a few months ago and you yes. were like boom, boom, boom. So yeah. how does it feel being on the other side? Um, well, first I got my results on my mom's birthday. So that was oh. really exciting in July twenty second. So okay. it was like a real memorable moment. Um, and I just remember I was on a zoom call and I just cried. I cried. Yeah. I, I, ch- they, I was, I was in this, uh, little <laughs> Facebook messenger group and the girls were going crazy and they were like, check the results, check your results. I pass, <laughs> I pass. And I'm like, y'all can't do this right now. I'm on a zoom call. And I check, I said, okay, I'm gonna check it. I'm gonna just check it. And when I seen it, I just, I cried. I was boohooing on the zoom call. Like, because yeah. <laughs> I had worked so hard for this, you know, and it's just like to see the, the fruits of my labor is just like, wow. So now 
um, actually, I like I was mentioned, I started the business back in March, but I didn't really start pushing it until the beginning of September because I was still working at WIC and my mm-hmm. last day was September 30th. Um, so then I just, it just kind of just, you know, I signed up with Lactation Network. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was dope. And, you know, just, I think now I have more insight as to the different ways to make it in the lactation field. And I'm, I have a, I have a, 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 a bigger goal for not just for myself, but for the community. And I, and I would want to ultimately have um, a lactation clinic or, wow. or some type of birth in lactation clinic, something to that effect where it's kind of like a hub you know, where you can get your, you can get your, your lactation support, you can get mm-hmm. your birthing support, you can get your postpartum support, uh, as far as like mental health, um, and, and just kind of like a one-stop shop. Yeah. Um, where people can have a safe space to come to, especially as things begin to open up, you know, with COVID and whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, just have, that's, that's my end goal. Um, there's a op- possible opportunity in the near, like within the next year that I can go on to like do a RM program. And if I do the RM program, I have to go on to be nurse practitioner because I need to be able to bill. Yeah. I want to be able to bill and accept all insurances. And if I, if I do RN, I have to keep going. I got to do another, what, 18 months, maybe, I don't know, to get to nurse practitioner. That's going to be the end goal because, you know, I know I can do it this way but if god opens that door yeah then you know because it, it would be a free program a free rn program wow yeah, that they're working on. so um so maybe that was why he was like no this, I'm, <laughs> that's not the I'm gonna make i'm gonna make it easy for you because you could you could go right to the local community college and do the classes you know versus me having to go down to new york and drive an hour and 30 minutes uh to to get those hours so i don't know Whatever he has been. Yeah. yeah, and I I think that's super important. And I love when people come on the podcast and are very transparent about their route because for people that are listening, if they're there and they're like, Why do why do I keep running into brick walls? Like I'm trying, mm-hmm. I'm putting in effort, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. Why is this not working out? For people to hear our stories and other stories to say that in hindsight, it was to my benefit. Oh, and yeah. kind of feel oh, yeah. some reassurance to say that. This is not working out right now. It's not a no. It could be simply a not right now or you need to pay right. it or I want to allow you to get access to it easier, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's providing that motivation by hearing these transparent type of um, stories. Yeah. Yeah. God is really, he's like, listen, I am in control and I know what I have for you before you was even a thought. Yeah. Yeah. So just trusting him is is really what has helped this process because business can be low and it can be high and um i'm like okay lord i know that you know you if i ain't got no clients this week it's because next week is gonna be crazy right you know so uh yeah it was and it was kind of crazy like back in january i tested positive for covid and and got four new clients the like within days of each other wow. like 
like um Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying to recover from this. Mm-hmm. And thank God we could do virtual because I couldn't yeah. see them, you know, and they were all local to me. Um, but I couldn't see them. I was like, I'm only doing virtual. And I had already put that on my website. Like, I'm only doing virtual mm. because of all the different variants. Um, and then I got COVID and then four new clients. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, can we reschedule for tomorrow? Because I just need one day. I just need yeah. one day. Like, just to kind of get my head together. And so, yeah, it was just so many different aspects of it. I love it. I'm just like, I'm here for it all. I'm here to, for the, all the collaborations. I'm here for, you know, all the elevation of, of black birthing people and, and black lactation professionals. Like we, it's our time. It's our time. And so much has been stripped from us. And, you know, we all, we, you hear that saying all the time, black people don't stick together, but I tell you in this field, Yes. Oh, black folks are sticking together. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, in this, it, I have never seen so, it's like, oh, there's a black one. Even in the hospital, when there are black moms, mm-hmm. like, when they, it's like an unspoken, like, mo- it's like, oh my God, a black lactation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Like, that sigh of relief. Y- yes. Shoulders relax. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they know, like, okay, she's going to understand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had one day that I had went to the hospital um, and I was shadowing and there were six, there were six moms and two of them were black and their babies were, were the only ones like feeding efficiently. And it didn't, it doesn't do anything for me to see other babies struggling, but to see those two women like just doing their thing and their babies yeah. are actively feeding that gave me some reassurance that they may go on home and they're going to continue because they're having positive breastfeeding experiences from the start. Yeah. You know, and they're feeling supported. And so um, I was, that was a proud moment for me. I was like, those are my girls. (laughs) Those are my girls. My girls is out here killing it. They killing the game. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was a proud moment for me. I was just like, Oh, thank God. You know, because they, they, in this age, we, you, we need to feel like we're doing something right. Yeah. You know? And so they're like, well, the baby's feeding. I can see that the baby's relaxed. The baby falls asleep and, and we're just kind of reassuring them. And literally we didn't have to do much. And I was like, oh, wow. And then every every other baby was struggling. And I don't want those babies to struggle either. Right. But it's just something about Black women. You a Black woman, you just, it resonates. It's like, tag, you know, so. And that brings me to your business name. So share with me how you came up with that. And was that like writing pen and paper, a bunch of different words and piecing that together? Have you had that in your back pocket for a while? Um, I knew I wanted something with melanin, you know, because I'm like, y'all gonna know I'm black from the start. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all gonna know that this is a black woman from the start. And I am the only black lactation consultant in the whole state. As far as I know, we have been looking far and long. And so apparently I'm the only one, but I'm not the first. I'm not the first, but I'm looking Uh to, you know, kind of get a whole, like, group of us together. But um, as far as the name, it was just, 
I something with milk. It had to be milk. And I just could I was just playing around. My therapist even helped me. And she was like, Mel uh melanin, melanin milk or something like that. And I was like, melanin milk? I don't really know if I like that. You know. And then I kind of just switched it around. I was like, let me mm-hmm. see how milk and melanin sounds. So that's it wasn't really, you know a whole aha moment or anything like that but I just like the ring it's a little tongue twist at times yeah Uh, but um yeah I just you know it was just like and I had to put the apostrophe yeah something like you know like you know (laughs) if if you know you know so um yeah so it was just like uh just let me I was like milk and melanin you know just hearing it and I just kind of vibe with it I created my own logo and and I I just and I did my own website like I haven't done I haven't outsourced any of that stuff yeah um so you know just trying to get as creative as I can and just having it run efficiently but yeah that's how the name it was just like just sitting sitting there for a couple hours kind of bouncing it off and uh going through like name generators but my therapist was like melanin milk or something she said and I was like let me see milk and melon. I just kind of sw- swapped it. And so, yeah, that's what I went, I ended up going with. Yeah. And so yeah. it sounds like you have a very um, universal approach as far as like offerings that you provide. Do you feel like you have a niche or a specific area of focus that really gets you excited when it's that type of consult? Um, definitely any oral restrictions. I'm learning more about that. Mm-hmm. Um and and like pain with lash because that's what the one of the things that I re- really resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I focus on is the the amount, you know, making sure baby's not overfed and that yeah. they're being pace fed. That's yeah. super important. Those are like the top things for me because I'm like, if the baby is ever getting a bottle, like I don't care if it's your breast milk, we still need yeah. to make sure it's enough. It, I mean, that it's not too much and that they're being paced bottle fed because yes. of all the risks that are involved that they're not. So, um, you know, I try to make it clear and even, you know, getting dads and sitting on this conversation, dad, yep. because I need you to be on it or grandma or whoever um, so that they could know the importance of it. And, you know, you might get some pushback, but it's just like, hey, I come from I come from a place of like I did it, too. You understand, like I have three kids and two of them had the bottle and I overfed. I didn't taste bottle feed. I put the cereal in the milk. Like Mm -hmm. I did that. And it doesn't mean I'm proud of it, but I was there because of lack of knowledge. Yeah, that's what that's what I did at that time, because I didn't have the knowledge that I have today. So if I have baby number four, oh, you know that baby's going to be face bottle Right, like you know that I'm gonna be like, okay, we ain't putting that cereal on the bottom. We want spoon feed the baby the cereal, mm-hmm. like all that type of stuff. So, you know, I, I, not to judge anybody, and I I try exactly. to come from a place of similar experience. Like I know I was overfed. I know I wasn't breastfed. Yep. So that bottle, that eight ounce bottle, I might have been two three months, and I was getting that eight yeah. ounce bottle. Yeah. Um. So just try to you know lighten the conversation. And not make it like, oh, this is like school, you know, right. like, no, I, we, I've been there. I've been there too. We're all of my kids. I'm, I'm no different from you. 
we just we just know a little bit more information now on how to do it properly so that the babies are not being subjected to you know obesity or diabetes or you know at reflux or whatever it is yeah. so um yeah so that's those are the main things um pace bottle feeding um and pain uh, uh, assisting with pain and seeing if that's related to any oral issues with the baby yeah and something you mentioned that i think is really like specific to um, black and brown professionals just based on my experience is that we bring personality to our yeah, consoles, yeah. right it's not going to be this monotone reading right book. like we we sit like we're having a conversation the person is involved um getting their ideas we're making them laugh we're crying mm-hmm. with them you know right. we're sharing personal stories if that's appropriate and different things like that and that's something that really makes a difference because it's not a perspective of I'm speaking at you, but rather right. we're communicating and collaborating on this type of care for you and your family. Right. And just seeing like where they're at, what can they do? You know, yep. if you can't pump, you feel like you can't get up during the night. Well, then once you get up, if you can pump that, you know, pump first, first thing in the morning, whatever yeah. the case is, like what works for you? What do you feel you can do? Yep. And What's not- sustainable? Right. And because I don't want you stressed out over a, yeah. a care plan. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, how am yeah. I going to do all these things? <laughs> like, no, just <laughs> take it one day at a time. Do the best you can and know that you are doing you are doing a damn good job. Yeah. You, you know, you you and your partner, you and your family, like y'all are doing a damn good job. Y'all doing the best that y'all can. And yeah. and there should be no shame in that. Absolutely. So rounding out the questions a little bit here. So so looking back, it's been about three years or so, four years. Um, mm-hmm. What would you kind of go back and tell yourself at the beginning in hindsight? What words of wisdoms would you share with yourself? Um, understand that this space may be hard to tackle. Uh but God got you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, because this this is a God ordained thing, and I face challenges even, you know, with people of color. Um, and mm-hmm. so, no, nobody's stopping this show. Nobody's stop because this this is not about me. This is not mm-hmm. about me at all. This is about creating, you know, helping other lactation professionals. Uh, to get to where they need to be or where they choose, where they want to be and and helping the families at large. So um learning understanding that this is this is it's not about you. This ain't got nothing to do with you. It's, yeah. it's bigger than it's bigger than me. And so yeah, just kind of just be prepared. Be prepared. Get your ducks in a row. I would, yeah. I, and I would say, I would say, exercise and get your get you together first. I would, I would definitely Ooh, tell myself that. That's yeah, bar. get your get get your exercise and drink your water, eat right. That's because right. and because I had, you know, I've always struggled with my weight, but you know, with COVID and 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 yeah. then you know all of that stuff. But just like even oh girl, working at the hospital. I walk up four flights of steps to get Ooh. to the to the mother baby unit and homegirl be out of breath. I'm like, whoo, I'm a little winded out here. 
Yeah. And they want to talk and walk. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, no, we're going to have to hold a conversation for lunchtime because I can't even talk to you right now. I'm about to die. Yeah, I'm focused. Um, <laughs> right. And so, yeah, I would say take care of you. If, you know, if I, if like myself right now, looking back, I would, I would say take care of you first t- so that you can then take care of others. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we are going to shift over into the letdown section of our show here. So these are going to be rapid fire, generally yes, no, short answer questions. Um, Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Share with me one resource, book, course, or conference that has been invaluable in your journey. Annie Frisbee. Love it. If you knew being a lactation professional was a career option before having your babies, do you think you would have been drawn to do it? Yes. Did you have a Black lactation professional for support with your children? No, none. (laughs) (laughs) Along your journey, who was the most impactful person to get you here? My supervisor, for sure. Do you feel like your journey has been worth it? Oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful. Love it. I always like to end on that note because when you're in the thick of it, oh, I yeah. mean, I second guess every other day, like, is this worth it? Are you sure, mm-hmm. Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you can't, you can't see it. But he right. already knows. He already knows. And I tell people, like, just hang in there. Like, you got you really got to center yourself and just and, and really just stop and say, Lord, like you said, whatever you have for me, like it, it, it don't make sense to us. Yeah. Right. But he God is so much greater than our thoughts, our like whatever we could think or foresee. He is so much bigger than that. He has so much more for us. He has so yeah. much more for us. So when he closed that door. It's for good reason. It's because yes. maybe, maybe something, you know, whatever. Like when I was like, why can't I pass this test? Or why can't I be a, a an LPN? Why why do I have to now go to New York and get all these hours? And now I just got word that there's there's a, a RN program in the works at the local college that I could I could do for BSN. Yeah. That I could do. And it's local. Like come on. I'm like if if that is what he has for me, then that's the route I'm going to go. I already told my husband, like, if God opens that door, I'm walking through it. Yeah. And even if it's hard, like when I said, I told him social media was hard. Like, it's hard for me to create content. He was like, everything is going to be hard. Yeah. I'll be trying. I'll be trying. But it's hard. It's really hard. So I, I told him it's hard in terms of social media. And he got on me and was like, it's going to be hard, but you got to yeah. do it. So when I talk about becoming an a, a APRN or a nurse practitioner, yeah, it's going, I'm going to tell him the same thing. It's going to be hard, but yeah. I got, I'm going to do it. If God allows me to do that, if he says, okay, I think you're ready to move forward and get there, then he's going to give me the strength. He's going to give me the grace to do it. And it's just going to get done. And that's it. And then I can have my own lactation clinic with my own, with my, other lactation consultants and and my therapist and my and, yeah. and all, all these different uh you know birthing professionals that can help serve the community 
it's going to be the bomb.com. <laughs> yeah, and that's that is the perfect way to to round us out here. This has been such motivating um for me to just sit and be a part of the conversation. So thank you, but please um plug thank your you. social media, your website, any offering, share with us on how we can connect with you, Danielle. Okay, so first I am offering some breastfeeding classes. Usually I offer them twice a month, so I have one coming up next Saturday. And on the 12th and then March 25th, that's a Friday. Um, so, and all that information is on my website, which is www.milkin, M-I-L-K-I-N, melanin, M-E-L-A-N-I-N.com. And my Instagram is at milkin underscore melanin, um, M-I-L-K-I-N underscore M-E-L-A-N-I-N. And yeah, I'm I'm around. I'm on Facebook too, and I'm on Peanut as well. <laughs> I just got on Peanut, so ooh, that's new to me. You put me on, okay? Yeah, look up, check out <laughs> Peanut, check out Peanut, and I I, I want to kind of do a, a little podcast, a little thing on there too, yeah, just to provide some general breastfeeding information. Um, so yeah, maybe you can join me on that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I um, love to. I'd love to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how you can reach me. And my email is info at milkandmelanin.com. But all of that is on my website. So, and I yep. accept some insurances through Lactation Network. So I accept Anthem, Empire, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, all PPO plans. Uh, working on TRICARE and working, waiting on Aetna. <laughs> yeah. So... Perfect. I will put all of those links. Absolutely. I'll put all those links and resources in the show notes. Um, Thank you all for listening to this episode of Leveling Up and Lactation. Be sure to follow both Danielle and her social medias, as well as Erica D. IBCLC on all platforms. You can also learn more about the podcast at levelingupwithlactation.com. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.